Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and other stories that kept us stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time. Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out, but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose. Hey, babe. Hi. (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I am good. Gosh, it's a rainy, it's a rainy day here in London. Shocker. Yeah. I, was, I was just thinking somehow we have this way of like recording when it's, well, it's always raining there, but when it's, it's raining, always raining and here it's, and it's been in, it's been raining a lot here too. We keep talking about this, but how appropriate when we're going to talk about gray area drinking. Oh, Our weather is gray. Wow. Wow. Look at I you. Mic, mic drop. There's a way I can make little cheering noises on this little panel over here, but I'm afraid I'm going to mess the thing up. So let's just not do that. Let's not. <laughs> And just imagine what that would sound like. Yeah, she made a funny joke. <laughs> was that really that funny? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're in silly moods again today. Quite possibly. Yeah. We got to keep it fun. Yeah. Yeah. When we're, when well, we're about these hard hitting subjects, you know? Uh, listen, to- we have to keep it light. <laughs> it, it does not have to be dark and heavy, ladies. Yeah. 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 Honestly, I say that too all the time with, you know, certain clients. I'm like, we're allowed to have fun here. We're <laughs> yeah. 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 And it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't have to, yeah, be that work. Let's figure, like it's, I mean, even moving away from the whole, there's nothing to fix. There's nothing to solve. If, as, as we move towards like questioning, getting curious and exploring our relationship to alcohol and exploring our relationship to all the things that maybe serve us or don't serve us? How do we know what, what does work for us? How do we know what exercising and what types of exercise are right for us? If we don't ask, how does it, how does it make yeah. us feel? Just like we do with alcohol and starting from that place of how does it make me feel? How does it serve me? How does it not serve me? Yeah. Which is such a good way to introduce, woo, introduce our topic today, which is what is gray area drinking? Wow. It's, it's, a, it's such a big question, right? And when yeah. I started, when I was starting this journey, so really in 2018 was when I was starting to think about this and 2019 when is, is when I finally was brave enough to really consider how alcohol was kind of getting in the way of my life. I mean, I didn't know what gray area drinking was. I had no yeah, idea. It wasn't I was, until I found freedom from yeah, it that I yeah, me learned too. what it was. Yeah. So yeah, 2020. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, when did the, to the phrase, even the term even come into existence and I tried to do a little research and it's all it's all over the shop on that one so yep. we can't we don't even have an answer for you on that because I did try to look it up but yeah I didn't same I didn't know even yeah which so I mean this begs the question right when you found that term did it make you feel what did it what did it make you feel did it make you feel like oh okay this is me or I've got a camp I fall into or was it like my drinking isn't bad and that like tell me Yeah. So when I started a journey, I lived, and I think this is where traditionally people live. There's two extremes. You're either the, you know, take or leave it kind of drinker, maybe, you know, whatever. Yeah. We rarely drink or you're the extreme, what the, you know, the vision of the person whose life is severely affected by alcohol is drinking, you know, during the day and hiding it. And like the classic 
quote unquote alcoholic. There's those two extremes, which is why I stayed stuck for as long as I did, because I didn't realize that, you know, I, as someone who didn't fit either of those categories could, you know, not have a problem. Cause I still don't say that I had a drinking problem. Yeah, I had a thinking, either. I had a thinking problem for sure, which created drinking more than I intended to drink and drinking, you know, the thoughts about drinking and the questioning and all, all of those things. But, but yeah, it, it, I think we're moving away from the fact that there's not, there's just those two extremes. There is this big spectrum that comes with what would be like classically defined now as alcohol use disorder and what that spectrum looks like for people. Yeah. And that falls with mild, moderate, and severe. You can have different, you know, varying degrees on that and gray area drinking kind of falling into that. And so, yeah, when I first discovered what gray area drinking was, I, when I heard that term, I was like, yes, that's exactly, yeah. yeah, that's what exactly what explains my experience from the outside looking in. You wouldn't look at me and think that she's somebody that has a drinking problem. And again, I didn't have a drinking problem, but I was drinking more than I wanted to be drinking. Yeah. 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 What about you? Yeah. So I have a controversial take on this topic. No surprise. The thing that got me really hung up on reading about gray area drinking, right, is when if you get to the point like we have where we know that there's a big fat zero benefit to alcohol and there's no safe level of alcohol, right, which is this is all like new information relatively, right? The fact that Canada has literally changed their drinking guidelines to like, if you want to be healthy, like the answer is zero. That's new. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But I was like, okay, well, but then what is if if black is, you know, quote unquote, alcoholic, and we're supposed to be in gray, like what's white? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Is it one at a wedding? And so for me, I was like, I understand how it could give some people like, solace isn't the right word, but you know, make them feel a little bit better. But then I was like, oh gosh, here we are with labels again, yes. you know? And yes. I was just, I don't want to, I didn't, I didn't even want to call myself a gray area drinker because I didn't even really grasp what that meant. And it also, I felt like almost gave a little justification for being able to continue being a gray area drinker, right? Because mm-hmm. if it's not over here black, if it's not like DEFCON 5 level, you're like getting a DUI and losing your family, maybe, you know, if it's a gray area, maybe you're okay. Gray area. I'm like, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I resonate with the idea of the alcohol use disorder spectrum, like fully. I don't know why. Maybe this is just the way my brain processes things. But again, it's just like, it's what we, we say all along, right? Like the word sober doesn't ruffle my feathers. It doesn't bother me. You don't like to use it. And we're still really good friends. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love what you're saying because I think that it also speaks to what we kind of just started talking about too, where we want to do this. We want relief from maybe the questioning, do I have a problem with alcohol? So we want to get into that space that like, yeah. okay, as long as I'm, you know, what they would define as, oh, I can't f- find my stat. I'll, I'll pull it up. But, you know, what you would define. Oh, so like for alcohol abuse, women, seven plus drinks per week oh, or, yeah. or yeah. three plus three and plus or in one night, men is 14 a week or 
more than four, four or more a night. When we start trying to put our, you're exactly right. For me, once I started questioning my relationship to alcohol, if I had these parameters, it's like, oh, well, phew, as long as I'm not, you know, hitting that mark, then I, then I don't have a quote unquote problem. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. But the problem with that is we get to call for ourselves when we want to, you know, like when it's taking up space in our lives. And that's part of this whole thing. It's like, we're giving our power away to what these standards are. And if that works for you, great. But it is something that I think for sure has, you know, constricted me in the past because it was the same with the living in, in between the two extremes. Well, if I'm not, I don't have outward detrimental effects to my life, then I can keep on doing what I'm doing. I was using that as the end all be all to say, you don't have a problem and just stay, you know, keep doing what you're doing, which only increased over time because of the addictive nature of the substance, right? Yeah. When I was really, what I was doing was my, you know, my inner wisdom was kind of like speaking up and saying, Hey, pay attention to this. So I was ignoring what I, yeah. what I felt to be true based on this, you know, so I, I think that's kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think too, it's one of those, it's one of those things too. It's like the second we're like trying to make sense of this, you know, label, it's like, we're getting out, we're getting out the, the stats on the number, right. And push comes to shove. Like it's just not about, it's not about the amount of drinks, right. It is not about the amount of drinks. And this has become so just even more, I don't know what the word is, concretely just evident to me in the last like few weeks where I'm dealing with clients that have gone a stretch and then had a data point and the reactions that they have, or yeah, or just go back and listen to Lauren's episode, right? Like they ha- they go a stretch of not drinking, they have a drink and like the, the, the effects on their emotions and their sleep yeah. and their, all of their things, that's from one drink, right? If we're consuming alcohol on a regular basis, we just don't even realize how it affects our bodies and how it like is such a toxic substance to our bodies. And so again, it comes down to like, it's not about the number, even one can be bad. And one is one every once in a while is probably not considered very, very drinking. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Part of, part of that journey of like resourcing for ourselves and finding our own, own agency in what is right for us versus living just really based on, okay, well, this says it's okay. You know, like give it like we need permission or something. Yeah. It's it's another story. It's another story. (laughs) Correct. It's just like like what Jesus drank wine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Correct. It's just another way to justify something that we are feeling conflict over and that needs our attention. And that's what I, I love about welcoming in discomfort or tension or internal stress that I call it offness. When I am feeling offness and discomfort, I know now to welcome it in because it is there to show me something that needs my attention. And yeah, I've never had an experience where, you know, since being free from alcohol and learning this, that I haven't really found something, some kind of growth opportunity or something powerful, something revealed to yeah. me that was huge in this just journey of life that has helped me in that. And that's what I think we miss when we are living in that narrow place of, well, this is what the guidelines, you know, say, or, and so as long as I'm not doing that, then I'm okay. But 
also, are you okay? Yeah. How is yeah. it? How is alcohol serving you? How is it? Not not out of judgment. How is it serving you? How is it not? Where where do you wish that something was different? And just, yeah, kind of using that. But I do know when we talk about gray area drinking, what what I what I like to share is the thoughts that were going through my head that again kind of to 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 show me that there was a problem, not a drinking problem, a thinking problem where I was stuck that had me living not where my values and my actions were aligned. That was the, that was at the bottom. The source of all of it is that I was showing up in a way that was not aligned to maybe God's best for, well, not maybe, but God's best for me. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able to pay attention to that conflict, that tension and to get curious about it. That's obviously, you know, that was the biggest part of leading to freedom from alcohol was that first yeah. turn to curiosity. Yeah. I love that so much. And I feel like that's such a great example of like a better question to ask, right? Like, yes. are you living your authentic self, which sounds mm-hmm. so coachy and cheesy, but it's true. Like when I work through like values and I'm sure you do the exact same thing with clients mm-hmm. and you say like, we should actually sidebar, we should do a whole episode on values, but right. But when I, when I did, when I sat down and like did that exercise for myself, you know, and, and family, faith and family were my top two and I couldn't make it to church on Sunday. And all I wanted to do was be out partying and not be with my kids. It's like, well, gosh, (laughs) right. Yeah. This is is weird, but I'm a great great drinker. So it's fine. (laughs) You know? Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And how many of us are stopping to even consider what we value in it and where is that disconnect that's good that's where I mean I I certainly was not you know uh, because I was buried by all of the stories stories about alcohol stories about myself yeah I mean stories which is you know I love that we did that you know the episode the stories about ourselves from like that shame kind of lens those are all things that play that keep us in that space away from curiosity and thinking about why do I feel this internal tension, this noise, this chaos? That's what I described. When I was stuck, it was, I knew that there was this just internal offness and I couldn't put my finger on it. And and paying attention to that has has been more valuable than researching, you know, what is right for me based on what other thing, what, you know, what the research says, which by the way, you can find research to support all, all kinds of things. Yeah. 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 Although the ones that say drink red wine are funded by big alcohol, <laughs> just in case you guys didn't know that. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Once you, once you do start digging, then you see how it's all yeah interconnected anyways. And then there's that, but, but for sure it was for me, I think about the rules I had around drinking. Like for yeah. me, if, you know, describing myself as a gray area drinker where from the outside looking in, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say I had a drinking problem because I didn't fit that classical classic model, but I certainly had these rules where I was trying to, and I would break those rules. And then guess what? Yeah. Breaking the rules made me want to drink more or yeah. you know, and drinking more than I, nobody intends to be hungover. No, yeah. Do you know anybody no. that intends to go out to be hungover? No, but I used to plan it into my schedule. <laughs> sure. 
Yes. I, I used to be like, oh, that's going to be a really wild Friday night. I yes. cannot plan anything for anything until at least lunchtime on Saturday. Yes. Like that is how in the world that's just, I mean, listen to each their own hashtag, no judgment. If that's you, like I get it. I was there. Same. I was too. So, I'm just so glad I don't have to go back to that. Like I would so much rather get up and play paddle on a Saturday morning. But, and that's just it. Like we got comfortable with that being our normal and that being okay, yeah. but we didn't intend for it to be that way. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, at least for me, cause I, I, I absolutely can relate to that. It's like, yeah, I'd have to, if I had a weekend and I had a social event, then it was like, okay, what do I have to clear to make sure that I can recover from that? But I didn't want a hangover. I didn't intend to have a hangover, but I knew it was possible. And so. Yeah. Inevitable. That, yeah. Yeah. Like the result of not living with intention, really just like kind of in rea- reaction to yeah. how I was going to be drinking that night. Yeah, that's so good. I love that, like not living with intention. And you said something earlier that I, I like, I want to circle back to because it's so good. It was just such a great way of like illustrating how alcohol is the first piece of the puzzle that once it is removed, you're able to do all of these things that we're talking about. You're, you're able to like think about your values and you're able to like think about living life with intention. And you're able to, you know, when you think about that, it is wild. It's wild what it actually ends up opening up for, for you and me and for everybody that like kind of has done this work that we know, right? It's just like, you're able to finally like access the part of your brain that I don't know that saying this out loud right now just makes me, oh my gosh. And I actually said, okay, so I was like, I was getting really into it. I hope I'm allowed to say this. (laughs) <laughs> I was getting really into it when I was meeting with a publisher who is not my publisher. And I, then I got to this point, I was getting really worked up and I was like, and it just makes me feel like, how evil is it? How much is it the work of the devil, right? How much is it something that gets us totally thrown way off track, right? And I, and this is the interesting point. I'm going to double check that I'm allowed to say this, but that publisher, that was the one thing that they took from an hour conversation is that I said alcohol was basically evil. And they're like, that's too harsh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, that's too, that's a little too far. She said alcohol is evil. Like we want to like keep everybody. It's got to be a little more like loosey goosey, like whatever. That's what they took from that hour. I mean, mm. I got myself worked up, but do you know what I mean? It really is really evil if you think about it. Absolutely. Because it's not something that as we drink more of, then we end up over time drinking less of, right? Like, so yeah. it, it, it only goes one way to taking up more space in our lives. And whether that's time drinking it or quantity that we're drinking or thinking space around it or, you know, the worry, the regret, the shame, the, 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 just the mental real estate occupied by it. I mean, of, yeah. of course, if it's, if it's getting in the way, if anything is getting in the way and taking up more space in our lives. And that keeps us from really, you know, the vertical focus on what and who should be the focus of, you know, our lives. Of course, that would fall into that kind of category, I think for sure. Yeah. Of evil, but yeah. Especially too, like when we end up breaking down like reasons why we're drinking and when we go through like 
turning around thoughts and getting really like, you know, really deep about what we're thinking and is it true? And is it true based on like the word? And when you, when you really sit with someone and all of the thoughts literally normally boil down to that person, myself included, like a worth, right? Like not being good enough somehow, where's that messaging come from? Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, so it's just like, it is, it actually is. And I actually had a client say this to me and it was so interesting. She did some research about how wine and spirits, like spirits as in how hard alcohol, the reads, you know that, I don't know the background on this. Maybe you do about like, that is why it is it's labeled spirits because of the like, kind of, we need to do some research on that. Cause I don't yeah. want to like misquote, but do you know what I mean? Like it's called spirits because it's got, it's, it's doing deals with the devil where <laughs> we were trying to keep it light, but then we, we accidentally <laughs> didn't. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. You just never know where it's going to take us. You just get that. <laughs> we said we were at the giggles again, and then we started talking about Satan's best friends. I don't know yeah. what's happening. <laughs> but it's, I, I love it because it's so, it's so true. And I think it's so true, but you're exactly right. And that's where, I mean, I had a client just this week. It was just so beautiful. She's like, I have my life back. I feel like my yeah. life is back. She was, she was so stuck. She did, does not fit into that. Like no one, you know, like she's not someone that from the outside looking in would look like it. I mean, at all, she's exa- like, looks exactly like I was. And she was like, oh my gosh, I feel like my life is back because she's living from that place of choice now versus when we're stuck, when we're stuck, we don't have choice. When we're just, when we're buried by all those stories, we're just doing things. We're reacting to things. We're just trying to like, make it just keep yeah. swimming. Like I think of, Dorian, yeah. you know, like just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Yeah. And, and we don't realize that that isn't how we have to live. Like yeah. we can choose to actually live differently where we are empowered. We do have choice. We can say, I don't, I don't know if I fit into this, like, you know, clinical definition of a problem drinker. But you know what? Like, alcohol is taking up too much space in my life. I, I'm just going to get curious about this. I mean, we could do the same thing with things that are traditionally healthy things. I mean, extra, it could be exercise. Maybe exercise. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. doesn't matter what the thing is. It's how how is it serving you or not serving you? And just at least asking that question, which I would imagine the people who are listening, you know, the women that are listening to this podcast they are in that phase of questioning their relationship to alcohol. I want to say like, I celebrate you for doing that work of questioning because it's in that questioning that we, we lead to being able to choose for ourselves what is right yeah. and, and best and how we get there. I mean, yeah. that's all figure outable. But if we're not yeah. even asking the questions, then we just stay stuck doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It, re- it reminds me of what Pastor David said on the, his first appearance on the pod, right? Where we talked about like idol worship and like how totally normal things. Like, I think he brought up the example of like our kids sports or like, you know, our kids mm-hmm. passions and like, what, like, how, how do you find out? Like you look at your time and you look at your bank balance and it's so true. It's, it is, it's so true. Anything can, anything can sneak in there and, and like not to freak out anybody but like it does happen right when you remove alcohol then there's normally other things that you have to look at but the awesome thing is is that like once you kind of like get to a place where you're like used to 
taking thoughts captive and turning them around and being curious about your thinking and like all of that good stuff. Like you have the methodology and the tools to be able to look at the other stuff, you know, but, but it is, it's like, it, it's again, I know we've said this 3000 times, but it's forever work we get to do. And, and yeah, but like, what, who would we be without that work? You know, like who, who would we be if we were like still like walking around like Dories and zombies and, someone wrote about, I don't remember what book I read it on, but I thought it was so powerful. I think I even pulled the car over. I was listening to it about just like a sailboat with like no motor being like tossed in the middle of a storm. Like no, like literally can't get from point A to point B. I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 I I always talk about the, like I was at the pinball and the pinball machine just, you know, being just bouncing off of everything. Just yeah, it's and like I'm exhausted just picturing. Oh my gosh, me too. I'm literally getting tired thinking about my former yes. life right now. <laughs> it was it was exhausting, but when you get to like what you just said, I love so much. It's like that we we get to look at these other things. We don't have to do any other work, but when we are smarter and more conscious and more intentionally living, we don't have we're not burning all of this other energy trying to manage all of all of the the distraction and the stress and the conflict that we feel that we have space to go oh, okay like this is this is bringing up like for me the next thing was like okay this people pleasing tendency i have that i used to say was you know a strength of mine i'm noticing that like i could do this so called work with anything any tendency or habit that i you know every yeah. addiction that i have where it's like huh, how does people pleasing serve me? And how does it not serve me? Oh, I get to ask that question. Like, I don't know. Let let me explore it. Let me see. And that is when I realized, wow, this tendency comes out in this way. I see this pattern. And and this is where it's, again, like it doesn't have me living God's best for me. Okay. Now I know where I can continue. And, but I'm consciously choosing to do that so-called work versus when I'm in the pinball machine, just being thrown around, bouncing back and forth because I'm stuck and I don't have any choice. I'm just always reacting to everything. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. That other way was exhausting. So exhausting. And you just made me think of something too. Like when we had Carla Adkins on the pod, she was talking about like the parable of the, you know, like the talents. And I, Mm. and I ended up like randomly sidebar. Are you going through Tara Lee Cobble's like Bible in one year thing still? Or did did you recommend that to me? Or did I find that on my own? No, I was doing, I don't know how to say it. The one in the other one. Okay. Well, so I ended up like literally getting, that's where I landed in Matthew, like the day Mm. after we talked to Carla and I was like, oh my gosh, this Mm. is so good. And, and I was thinking about like, I, I was before I was the person that was like literally burying, burying the talents in the dirt. Right. And then like wondering why I didn't have, like, I wasn't like, my life wasn't like more, I don't know, like, oh, like open. Why wasn't God giving me more to like deal with or handle? Why was it so small? I mean, obviously I wasn't thinking of any of this when I was drinking, but now in retrospect, it's very clear. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, right? Like now that I'm like taking those talents out and like doing things with them, right? Like he's giving me more and more responsibility and he's giving me more and more things to like, I don't know, all the things, this podcast, you know, like all of it. And I didn't, you know, it's just, it's such an example of like what it opens up for you again, you know? 
Yeah. Leading to that abundant life. I mean, yeah. Right. Like when we're living that way and that's something too, that this could be a little sidebar as well, but like knowing all of that in my previous, so like before five years ago, knowing all of that didn't help me unstuck myself to wanting to live that way either. Like there were so many stories that had me buried in about myself, about alcohol, about all the things that were supposedly like keeping me, you know, helping me keep just to keep swimming. And it wasn't until I, again, like created that space and time from finding freedom from alcohol. That's what I didn't realize. Like I can look back now and see how much space that occupied, how much neural real estate that occupied. So even just yeah. read, just even if I had, you know, come across that in my reading, it still wouldn't have landed, landed with yeah. like, okay, yes, I see how I'm doing that. But that's, yeah. that's the, the fog that I think that being stuck in the drinking cycle, like not just, not just because of the neural real estate, but because of the chemical substance, I mean, it takes seven to 10 days for it to be completely out of your body. So if you yeah. are just someone who's having a couple of drinks every few nights, even yeah. like that yeah. chemical is staying in your body and it's keeping you with elevated levels of adrenaline and cortisol in response to what you're putting in it. And yeah. so yeah. Yeah. from that place of stress, you're already losing that ability to kind of see, see clearly, right. And, and see where there is choice and how we, and in, in what we do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the drinking to relieve anxiety and stress. It's just like, I mean, they're all big lies. Right. But like one of the mm -hmm. biggest, I think just lies ever because of also how it snowballs because right. It's just, you drink to relieve anxiety and you make yourself more anxious and then you drink to relieve anxiety and then you make yourself more anxious and you don't sleep and then you shotgun coffee and then you're raising your adrenaline even more and you're like, I mean. <laughs> yeah, you're you're drinking more to alleviate the symptoms of having yeah. alcohol in your body in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I, I always like to say it's like wearing a pair of high heels, right? <laughs> You wouldn't have the pain if you hadn't put on the heels in the first place, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. But you keep being putting on the heels so that you can feel the relief of taking them off when really yeah. you can never put them on your feet in the first place, which I mean, can we just have a little sidebar there too and say, thank goodness that sneakers are fashionable. Oh my gosh. Days. I know. Let's just hope they never go out of style, yeah. please. <laughs> because has, I love. Not Wait, ever but what were we? What, what were we wearing during the day before sneakers were allowed to be cool again? Were we wearing like ballet flats? I can't remember. Probably, I think so. Yeah, I hope that we don't go back to the, those either because they weren't like so very supportive. Oh my gosh, we sound so old. <laughs> <laughs> I know when we think about shoe wear, except for the nights when we would go out when we would wear the heels. But then there was a time that we could transition into at least in the winter time heeled boots and have a little bit yeah. more comfort. But anyway, yeah, that's true. That's true. But to get back to the original point is <laughs> you, you wouldn't keep putting high heels on every single yeah. day just to feel that relief from when taking you take them off. Yeah. And that, and that is what I did with alcohol again, unknowingly when I was stuck in that cycle and I'm just so grateful. Oh my gosh. Literally praise God that I never have to do that again. Yeah. You said something earlier that I, that I think we should come back to. And that is, you know, making all the rules for ourselves mm -hmm. and how like 
slowly but surely we end up breaking those rules over and over again. Uh, and this is not one that I like to admit, but in the in the spirit of honesty, obviously I think everybody's rule is don't drink in the morning. <laughs> obviously, unless you're at brunch, that's fine. Unless you're but on like, vacation or unless so they're caveats. Or you're, right? or you're at an airport. Yeah. But there were definitely like several times my hangover was so bad I put cold white wine in a coffee bug. Yeah. And uh, I just, if I could just keep this little, you know, whatever quarter of a coffee mm-hmm. mug down, I'll feel better. And it came and went, you know, I didn't, I didn't stop drinking that weekend. Did I? No, just kept going. <laughs> well, I mean, that's such a good point too, because of, I mean, yeah, for me, it was a Bloody Mary or a mimosa. As long as it's a yeah. Bloody Mary or a, mo- a mimosa, you can yeah. drink in the morning. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, that would have been one one of my rules. It, it can't be anything different from that. But how yeah. how I would, the story that that would make me feel better and, you know, and the way that it works, that does make you feel better because it's relieving the yeah. problem that has been caused by drinking in the first place. And yeah, that's the alcohol where, withdrawal. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we're just yeah. drinking for relief. And not getting it. And again, like, I think, I think it, it bears repeating as well. We're not judging. Like, I feel like we get, we get all worked up and fired up and because this, I we do get really like, worked up, <laughs> but who we knew? would like to wait, you guys, just so everybody knows we get really worked up and I get hot and we're like not allowed to have fans going because it interferes with the sound. So every time we stop recording, I'm like, Oh, I, I need another shower. So we're like sweating. Does that mean we're perimenopausal or is that just because we're just getting really worked up? Okay, fine. No, it just means we're passionate. Passionate means, yeah, makes us sweat but and the hot lights and all the things. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that, like, I just want to reemphasize, we are not judging. Like, no, we're not judging. Sharing this is where... I'm more looking at myself going like, how did I miss all of that? But yeah, of course I did. And I'm just so grateful that I did, you know, that I don't, that's not the way it is now. Yeah. You know, it, but it is just such a bananas, massive blessing because when I look back, I, the ever, I didn't know it didn't look different. My drinking did not look different to anybody that I knew. And so, you know, same, same here. I honestly, like I needed COVID. I really needed COVID. And I'm sorry if that sounds bad. I know COVID was horrible and it was like, you know, a total and complete horrible, horrible situation for so many people. But without COVID, I wasn't, I don't think I would have hit the pause button, you know, actually had a minute to think about this. And I'm just so glad because that was when I had the space to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then when you start to feel better and it's like, wait a minute. (laughs) Why am I doing that? (laughs) It's literally like, who knew, who knew that this could be this good? And I I always say, you know, I, for when I was in that space, I knew something. I had that internal conflict, that noise, that chaos. I felt like I was, I was that pinball, pinball, pinball in the pinball machine. I didn't have that, you know, understanding for it then. But I, I, because I was so scared to have to look at my drinking because I, you know, I stayed stuck in that place for a long time where, you know, there was a part of me that wondered about what life would be like without alcohol. And simultaneously 
my thoughts were, I can't imagine never drinking again. Yeah, me too. And and that is, I think, if you're in a place where you have that, by the way, you're not alone in that. I mean, that is is so normal. And I think our tendency- Well, I mean, don't you hear that on every single discovery call? I hear that in every every single discovery call. Yes. Every single one, right? Yeah. How many people come to us and say, no, I don't, I don't want to not drink again. I just, and I'm like, yes, exactly. Find peace with your relationship to alcohol. It's not about never drinking again. It's about finding freedom from where you're being controlled by it and stepping back, yeah. into, you know, getting unstuck, stepping back into that place of choice with it. And so yeah. I just happened to end up where I'm free from it and my choice, I have no desire to drink it. So my choice is not to drink it, but you yeah. know, everybody's journey is unique in that. It's like, how do you, what are you really looking to feel? It's not about how much you're drinking or not drinking. And yeah, yeah, go ahead. You just, sorry, you just said something so good there. And I, so I think it's so good what you just said about choice, because I, I love that whole, the whole thing about choice anyways, but not feeling like you have a choice mm-hmm. when you're drinking, obviously feels horrible. But then also not feeling like you have a choice when you're in a method of trying to figure out your alcohol, no shade to AA, but AA is like all the choices are just off the table for you, right? You don't have a choice to be seen anywhere. And that's, I think, mm -hmm. so good, right? All we want to say is you have choices. That's literally all we want to tell you (laughs) is that you have choices, Whatever it is you do or don't do, let it be because you're consciously choosing it. You're not just, you know, reacting or chasing relief from something that is, you know, causing whatever, fill in the blank with whatever it is. Yeah. Let's, and that's where, when I was stuck, it was that when I started thinking about it, once I finally was like, well, maybe I should really look at this alcohol thing. I'm noticing that I want to drink. And I don't want to drink all at the same time. I'm noticing that if I try not to drink on a Friday night at a social event, I end up drinking. These are things that I was starting to notice. And the tendency is to start judging ourselves for that because then we start to panic. Oh gosh, this must mean I'm a pro- I have a problem. Oh my gosh. The tendency is to panic there. And this is where I would say that is where the compassion and the grace comes in and, and the celebration for if you're asking the questions, that means you're doing you've done like 80% of the work to freedom. from whatever substance or habit or tendency or whatever is keeping you stuck, that's 80% of the work just in asking the question. So celebrate that. And then you're you're 80% on the path to being able to choose consciously and with intention what you want for your life. And it's vastly different when you're on on the other side of that. And I think that's something that for me was, I didn't realize. And when I was locked into that idea that either you're a normal drinker or you're a problem drinker and therefore you have to quit drinking and do it the traditional method way. Both of those are have tos. Yeah. In a yeah. Sense, both of those I'm not choosing. That's behavior yeah. behavior focused and this is what I have to do versus where I am now where it's like, no, I don't have to I don't have to do anything. I could choose to drink anytime I want to. I just haven't wanted to in over three and a half years. Praise God. Yeah. It's choice. Yeah. I love that. Should we bring in our friend, my good friend, Tina? Bring on the tiny Tina. Yeah. 
What did, what should our tiny Tina today be? I mean, mm. just thinking out loud here on the fly. My my whole tiny Tina from this episode is actually how we wrapped up, right? You have choice, and if you identify with the label of gray area drinker, if it makes you feel good, it makes you feel seen and heard, it's a situation that you feel like, yeah, that's me, then I think that's awesome, and I think that you should use it. If it makes you feel like you, again, like you have to label yourself, or you have to start counting drinks and figure out where you stand in a spe- in a spectrum in order to like start asking different, bigger, better questions, then like throw it out. You have choice. Yes, it's a spectrum. I love the idea of the spectrum. I get that. And I'm just going to throw it back to Miss America, Kristen, Miss USA. What is highest and what is best for you? Like, is it best? Is what is best for you? Is it holding you back? Could your relationships be better? Could your relationship with your kids be better? Or your husband? Could you, could you possibly? have more energy. You know what I mean? Like, is there, is there even one small tiny chance that half of the stuff that you and I are saying are the benefits that we've experienced are the benefits for you? Is it possible that you could actually feel joy to the point where you haven't felt it in like years and years? Just get curious again and you get to decide. That's my Tina. That I was love a long-winded it. one. Usually you have the long-winded one, but today I, I have one. <laughs> that's you. And that's where I'm going to say, yeah, I don't even have anything to add to that because that was so, oh so good. <laughs> just, just the possibility. Is it possible? Yeah. And don't take it, don't take it from us. We're not here yeah. to say like, no, this is no the way. It's... Take it from us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you've heard anything. You don't, literally don't. don't take anything from us. Go do your own research. <laughs> yeah. But research maybe through the lens of daring to ask those questions. Is it possible? Yeah. And this is what, you know, we always hear, here I said I wasn't going to add anything, but here I go. And this is, you know, we've talked about on other episodes, but it's like being able to say, is it possible? You know what? I don't know. But why not find out? You can always go back to the way you're doing things. If, yeah. If, it's yeah. not better. Yeah. If yeah. your relationships don't improve, if you don't get energy, like if, but why not try it? You've always done vacation with alcohol. Why not try it without? Just see, be open-minded. Just be curious. You can always go back yeah. to the old way. Why not try your life without alcohol for a time, enough time to where it's out of your system and your body can get back to homeostasis and you can really experience some of those physical benefits that help. Yeah. Like why not try it? There's always, as long as you have choice. I mean, that's up to you, babe. Yeah. I love that. This is a fun one. It went by really fast. I hope it went by fast for you, listener. Because <laughs> so it went hot. by fast for me. I'm, I'm so hot. So hot. Right, let's let's hit stop so we can turn on our fans. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See Bye, you next Monday. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com and make sure you follow us over on the gram at Love Life Sober with Christy and Mead at I'm Not Sober, I'm Free. To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at meadhollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement. Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week.